Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. This episode is brought to you by YourWelder.com. YourWelder.com is an online directory of mobile welders. Whether at your home or at your industrial processing plant, we come to you. Our community of mobile welders can repair anything from the neighbor's mailbox that you just backed into or the cat bulldozer sitting on your job site. YourWelder.com is a directory of highly skilled professionals willing to help you on your job site on your timetable. YourWelder.com screens all of their welders using tools like photos from social media apps such as Instagram, Parler, and Facebook, even face-to-face meetups. YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran-owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. All right, everybody, here we are, episode 32, and I am jacked up this morning. I got a heart rate of about 350,000, and we got some stuff I would like to address. Um, So we got a bad thunderstorm going on right now. I apologize for all the crackling you may hear, lightning striking. Uh, It's popping really good, but it is what it is, and what what a great way to set up a um an episode 3 30 in the morning y'all know what that is not a soul in sight what's that garth brooks thunder rolls baby um i have no idea why i inserted that look when i tell you my heart is racing it's racing when i tell you like in, in previous episodes we are in control of ourselves in this moment we let another human being make us lose control they have won they um, we are, we are weakened by our lack of control. I firmly feel, um, I got a lot that I don't want to talk about today. I don't know exactly the message in this podcast episode. Um, but I'm going to throw, I think I'm going to throw a lot at you and, and we'll see. Hopefully I know there'll be a message in there somehow. So I actually recorded this episode, episode 32, two days ago, um, and then after some thought, I deleted the entire thing. And I, de- I deleted it. I've never done that. I always like to record really raw, really authentic, especially if something triggers me. I always think that that's a good time to record because that's when you're going to get the the raw, honest emotion out of something. And the, when I recorded the other day, it was just too much. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what happened then but i got to get this off my chest what just happened just now and it's maybe nothing big for some of you but to me it was a fucking victory and i'm i'm pumped up but i'm but i'm smiling inside because like i say it's i'm not going to let this control my day i actually just talked to my dad and he was like this is going to this is going to fuck with you for a couple days and i was like yeah it will and then i hung up the phone and said no you know what I don't think I'm going to let it fuck with me for a couple of days because I'm going to see this as a victory on my part, a small battle, and I'm going to, and I'm going to put it behind me and I'm going to press on and I'm not going to let this control my day. So this is how minor when you're not taking care of yourself. This is how something so small can become such a a problem in an instant. And it can make you see red and it can make you spiral out of control and it it can cause a lot of chaos in other people's world. 
here's 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 the deal. So kids went back to school today. First day, I got I got my kindergartner going back. I got my second grader going back. It's a good morning. Well, first of all, I woke up this morning. Dog barking, dog scratching at the door. I kept going back to sleep. Dog opened the door, so I keep getting startled when I when I'm awake. I don't when if I don't have a good morning in the morning. That sets the tone for me a lot of times. I, I have to have a very peaceful morning or just for some reason it throws my entire day off. I'm not a dude anymore that I like chaos. I can't stand chaos anymore. I don't like it. I don't. I try to stay away from it, but sometimes it injects itself into your world. And uh, I'm going to tell you what happened this morning, then we're going to flash back to two days ago and see if we can find the message in there somehow. I, um, this morning I'm, I'm a little, I'm a, it's a little chaotic around the house. Um, I got one kid screaming because her boo-boo on her foot hurts and a shoe hurts, which and it hurts her boo-boo, which is cool. That's, it is what it is. Um, I woke up five different times startled and for a dude like me, man, getting my heart rate back down, it's like, woo, sigh, like there's not enough breathing techniques. So anyway, the wife and the second grader head off to school, and I got to bring the kindergartner in a little later, and because kindergarten for whatever reason starting a little bit later. So I'm excited. I'm taking a selfie of me and my, my youngest. Like first day of kindergarten, we only get to do this one time, and we get there. Traffic is a fucking beast that you can't get into this um, the parking lot of the school. They got police officer out there. My girl, Officer Rosie, directing traffic and everything. I sit there. It's raining on Officer Rosie. I got my window down. I'm talking with her. I'm watching her six the whole time she's sitting there. Nobody else is paying attention, but I am. I'm watching cars as they approach, making sure she's good so I can give her a heads up, whatever. We're shooting the shit. Um, so now's my turn to go in and park in the parking lot where there are very, very limited spots. People are starting to park on the grass, on the curbs and all that. I'm not going to pull a dick move because me, one... I don't mind getting wet. My daughter even said, I'm, I don't need to wear a raincoat, Dad. We're farmers. My girl's hard as shit. She's hard as Chinese arithmetic. She don't fucking play. She quit school because of recess. The girl's tough, right? So I see a parking spot, and I was like, you know what? We're going to be civilized human beings. I'm not going to park on the school grass that the county tax dollars pay for to cut this nice plush-ass grass. I'm going to go get this parking spot. So here's what happened was, this is how a simple lack of courtesy can set you off. And what are you going to do when that switch is flipped? How are you going to react? How are you going to maintain your composure? How are you going to maintain control? And how are you not going to let that affect everybody else's day the rest of the day? And here's what had happened. Was. Y'all ever heard that? What had happened was. <laughs> I'm pulling up. I got my blinker on to get in a parking spot. There's a line of cars approaching me from the opposite way. Dude sees me about to turn in to my parking spot. And instead of stopping, sees my fucking blinker. Instead of stopping and allowing me to just turn into the parking spot, he pulls up and blocks the fucking parking spot. It's pouring rain. There are cars in front of him, but he did not need to pull up to get tight on them. He pulled up just to be a dick. And I can't prepare the scenario for you. I can't paint this scenario for you any better because it's, it's one of those you'd have had to been there to see the situation. He could have pulled up even further to allow me to 
pull into that spot, or he could have just waited to allow me to pull in the spot. The one thing he shouldn't have done is just pull up and block the spot. But he pulled up just far enough to where I can't get in the spot. And I don't know if it's lack of courtesy on his part. I don't know if it was he was preoccupied probably on his goddamn cell phone. I don't know if he was yelling at his badass little fucking kid that's about to go into school with no fucking discipline. Um, and apparently all the teachers are going to be the problem, but his kid's not going to be the problem. This is that kind of parent. And I'm going to tell you why here in a fucking second. So I just look, I'm looking through my glass. I'm in my forerunner. My forerunner's not tinted. And I don't care who's sitting in the vehicle. He's got tinted windows and I'm just looking and I'm not saying anything. I just look and I'm just like the, I'm mind boggled and I'm, I'm trying to just be calm <laughs> And so after, I don't know, two minutes, I couldn't move. I, I was stuck and because there were cars up in front of me. like I couldn't move. The guy finally pulls forward. And I'm trying not to, to say, hey, motherfucker, or even politely encourage him to pull forward because the last thing I need is for somebody to get lippy right now. That's the last thing I needed. I was trying to control my atmosphere and... Because where I live, it's a bunch of pompous ass motherfuckers with smart mouths and they'll test you and they'll run their fucking mouths because they know, hey, my daddy's an attorney or I'm a fucking attorney and you're not going to do shit about it. They're, these these people where I live, they they don't they can't take a good old ass whipping. It's not like when I grew up, you run your mouth, you get shit slapped out of you. And hey, man, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. These motherfuckers will sue you. So they kind of got you by the balls. Um, so I waited. He pulled up finally. And I pulled in the parking spot. I'm minding my business. I get my girl out. It's pouring rain. We start slowly walking. And I just cut a glance over towards the truck. Because now I'm curious. I'm, I'm kind of curious at who's in this vehicle that wasn't paying attention. And who was such an asshole to me. And when I do, I couldn't see anything. So I just turned my head back. And I start walking towards the school with my daughter. And I'm letting it go. I was like, no big deal. Let's just, just press on. Let me go enjoy this day. I'm having a conversation with my girl and and this, I hear, Hey buddy. And I stopped right in the fucking rain and I turned poppery around my daughter and I was like, God damn it. And right then I had, I had to tell myself something. I said, no matter what, this is a school and you got to take your daughter into school. And so I turn around and I walk over to her, I said, what's up? And he goes, man, I know you're pissed, but I couldn't go anywhere. And in that instant, when he rolled that window down and I saw who this was, I was like, my mind was telling me all kinds of evil shit, right? But what he should have done is just pulled forward. And I was going to tell him that. I was going to say, you know what? Maybe if you would have just pulled forward. You wouldn't have blocked the parking spot or if you'd have just waited and let me pull in. But no, you wanted to be a fucking dick and make somebody wait. That was your power move because this was a weak bitch sitting in his little truck. And you could tell he's a weak bitch who gets bullied at home. His kids fucking talk shit to him. And you could tell that was the only power this man had in his life. And so instead of dropping it in his ass, you know what I said? I looked at him for a second and I said a fucking word and I said, have a good day. And he looked at me and said, you too. And then I turned and walked off. And as I walked off, I was high-fiving myself inside. There was no winner in that situation. 
And that's what I'm talking about. No matter what I would have done other than what I did, I would have been the bad guy. Because what would have this is what would have happened. People would have saw this fucking Viking pulling some pulling some dude out of the car by his face, slamming him to the ground, putting a fucking throat neck in his throat, taking his kid's lunch, and then sham, shoving his fucking ham and cheese sandwich down his fucking face. That's what they would have saw. They wouldn't have seen this guy pulling a dick move who got what kind of some street justice. I'm amped up. Can you tell? Listen, I'm not that guy anymore, but that's not to say I can't have those thoughts, right? And here's what I'm getting at. You got to control it, man. People are going to test you nonstop. I got to, when I teach my course, post-traumatic purpose, I have a part in there about society and how you feel like people are always testing you and you feel like society is constantly testing you. Look, that's not the case. Society's not testing you. People are not testing you. Nobody's leaving their house every day thinking, hey, I'm going to go find, I'm going to go find somebody to fuck with. Nobody does that. It's what it is, is it's lack of your surroundings. It's lack of consideration and not knowing your, your surroundings, like your operational security, just not knowing what's going on around you. And people are just ignorant. And what happens is that ignorance can't be tolerated by some people. And you feel there's so much of it going around. You feel like everybody is testing you, but they're not. So that's my story for this morning, which is going to get me to the rest of this. I'm glad I'm glad I'm 43 year old Travis and not 35, even 38 year old Travis, because that that would have went much differently. I'm not I'm not claiming to be a badass because I'm far from that. Actually, I'm I'm actually I would hate to have to put my hands on another human being anymore because I'm not the dude that that I once was. I'm actually obviously more mature now, but I get my ass kicked today i'm not dude, these fucking jujitsu guys are everywhere and you fuck around and grab a jujitsu guy let that have been my buddy um andy stump or ryan mickler or somebody like that inside of that damn truck and i run my mouth and they get out because i'm just i'm just a big dumb caveman that's all i am i got about three seconds of uh, a fight in me and then if i can't crush you in the three seconds you, it's over so all you gotta do is outlast me about three seconds and i'll be out of breath begging for a pizza um because them dudes those jiu-jitsu dudes are crazy, man. They, I, I did a, um, I don't know if, did I recently talk about this? Anyway, long story short, I was in the gym one time and my buddy Mark walked in and he was a jiu-jitsu guy. And it pretty much, I was like, Mark, I was like, that candy ass shit you're doing, you just all hot and sweaty rolling around on the floor with dudes. I think you do that for more arousal than you do for like, for, for fighting purposes. And I told him, I said, I'll fuck you up. And Mark just, he gave me the, come on. He said, come on in here. <laughs> so I was like, all right. This is back in the day when I was a little bit bigger and stronger and more egotistical and shit. And uh, I walk in here and Mark said, get on your knees first. And I said, no, 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 son. I said, I, I don't roll like that. And I said, I'm going I'm to fuck you up, Mark. And Mark just laughed. And he's like, I'm telling you, Travis. He goes, that's going to hurt a lot worse if you fall from right there. And that's when I was like, oh, shit. This, this dude ain't playing. So I got on my knees and, and immediately we locked up. And exactly what I told you a minute ago happened. I was out of breath in three seconds and Mark was choking me the fuck out. And and I was laying there like, what just happened? I, it happened so quickly. And that I think that was the moment. This was many years ago. I think that was the moment I realized. I was like, look, dude, just keep your mouth shut and mind your own business. Because these motherfuckers are everywhere. They're little, they're little ninjas. 
And especially if you see one with that busted up ass ear. You dude, I don't even have a conversation. If I see if I'm having a conversation with somebody with cauliflower ear, I end it. Cause I honestly it's scary. I'm like, hey, um, I gotta go, man. I gotta pee or something like that. Because these motherfuckers will choke you out in front of everybody. <laughs> nah, jujitsu's cool. Um, I love seeing those guys do that. Uh I see it, it's um there's a it's a big camaraderie with that, and I love seeing how people Everybody says that it enhances their life. It makes them better human being, this and that. And I don't know how having your face shoved in another man's crotch and up against a fucking mat while he's damaging your ear, turning it into a goddamn vegetable um, is bettering your life. But, hey, look, good on you. Me being away from people betters my life, being at a farm, uh, just enjoying myself like that, having peace and not having having some some little stringy son of a bitch choked me out. That's peaceful to me. Um, but hey, whatever floats your boat. So last episode, I titled it The Burden of Self-Care. And what I was talking about was what happens when we don't, when we do enough self, when we, excuse me, when we do enough self-care and the burden that we carry from that, the regret, the guilt. But here's, here's the flip side of that coin not doing the self-care it's going to catch you every single time and i've done an episode about this so i'm not getting into that i'm gonna tell you so recently this is the episode i recorded and i deleted because just emotionally i was not i was not in a good place two days ago when i sat down to record this so i'm gonna tell you now that i'm i've calmed down i had a victory this morning and i'll tell you what happened so the other morning, I tell you, if I don't have a peaceful morning, it really messes me up. I try to start every morning with as much peace in my life as I possibly can. Because once that sun comes up and the idiots start coming out, there, there's a high probability that your day is not going to be as peaceful as you, as, you, as you liked. Which is why many of us who go through what I go through stay away from people. And we stay home because the probability of your blood pressure shooting through the roof and your heart racing and you having a, a flashback or you becoming so hypervigilant that you got to stick your face in a bag to fucking breathe. It, it's, it's, it's increased. The chances of that are, are severely increased. So we recluse and I'm getting better, but I try not to do that shit. I try to in, inject myself into society and I do a good job of it. I gotta, I go around, I get to entertain, I get to um, teach classes and stuff. But the cool part about that is I get to teach classes to my people. I get to teach classes to first responders, to military, um, their families. I get to perform for those people too. I'm actually with comedy. I'm slowing down doing, even doing the comedy venues anymore, the comedy clubs, just because man, I don't want to be out late nights anymore around fucking drunken, crazy ass people. It was a lot of fun for a long time, but I'm primarily focusing on entertaining when I do comedy at conferences and private events and stuff like that, because it's for me, it's all about controlling the environments that I'm in. And if I can do that with, with, you know, with some exception, if I can control the environments that I put myself in, chances are I'll be more healthy mentally. Right. So being out at 10 o'clock at night with a bunch of fucking drunk people after, after a comedy event, as fun as they are, sometimes they can put you in bad situations that I don't really want. I can't, I I know I don't thrive in. Um, 
and I won't get long winded about that because I've been in some fucking after some shows, I've been back against the wall kind of situations before that I didn't really want to be into. And it just mentally, it just doesn't put me in a good spot. So when I do conferences and stuff like that, it's a, it's a lot more easy on me and I'm getting older. You know, I like to be in bed before jeopardy. So conference shows are usually over by, you know, double jeopardy or final jeopardy at least. So, but here's what happened <clears throat> a couple of days ago. I, uh, if you listen to the, I think by the time you hear this, this will be either the last episode or two episodes. I came off of a, of a 10 day, 10 day tour where we went to Charlotte. We went to South Bend, Indiana. We went to Frankfurt, Indiana, and then I was in Indianapolis, Indiana, but I was actually on the road for 13 days total away from home. Okay. And in that time, in that time period, I didn't take care of myself because there wasn't time for self-care. And I take that back. I didn't make the time for self-care. And I had a lot of different variables uh, that kept me from taking care of myself. One, I wasn't, I wasn't alone the entire trip. I had zero alone time. I had, um, I had multiple people with me the entire trip. It was either one person or then it was three people. All right. The entire trip. And then I was being, I was pulled in different directions every day that we had an event, which I'm not complaining about the, what I'm getting at is you got to be selfish and I got to do a better job at this. We have to be selfish with our time, whether it be 40 minutes, 20 minutes, 10, even 10 fucking minutes. If I would have just stopped for 10 minutes, separated myself and went, in a, went somewhere peaceful and just collected my thoughts and, and breathed, but I didn't have time for that. So what happened was 13 days got compiled on me like it has never compiled on me before. And when I came home after that tour, we had a, we had a phenomenal, phenomenal time. Don't get me wrong. And we did a lot of great stuff. We raised a lot of money for Firefighter Cancer Support Network, which is a great organization. It helps firefighters and their families well, that, that are unfortunately diagnosed with cancer. And they do a lot of good things. So I was it was... We did that and, and just so many other wonderful things. And I came home. I didn't have time to go to my farm. And I came right back to chaos, right? And if you've been listening long enough to me, you know the most chaotic place in my life is is home. Um, it's I love my family more than anything in the world. But if I'm not in the right frame of mind, I can't be the best person that I can be. And it, it's hard for me. So I come home, I haven't decompressed. Uh, I got my girls all week. My wife is back at school and getting ready to get ready for the school year. So the teachers actually go back the week before. And so I have my girls all week. Now, most fathers, most fathers could handle this. I'm not most fathers and I'm not, I'm not ashamed, but I'm not proud. I don't know I don't know how this makes me feel. Actually, it makes me feel guilty that I can't just have my daughters for a week by myself without like flipping my shit. They're very they're very needy because they're young and I'm very needy in my mental space. I need peace. I need calm and I and I don't need chaos anymore. I've I've had a very chaotic life and I I want to leave that behind and I just kind of want to sit on top of a mountain with flutes playing and, and flowers growing around me and shit. That's where I'm at now. I'm just in, in a yoga pose or something for the rest of my life. I just want Zen. 
and so it makes me feel guilty as a father when I can't when I can't have that. And then if if something happens with me uh, internally, that's why I say if we don't take care of ourselves, everybody around us pays for that. And here's what happened. So after about a week of this, um, just pressing it down, pressing it down, pressing it down, it, it came to a head for me. And this is what happened to me back in 2010 when my career in the fire service came to an end. I've only felt like this one other time, and that was, if you've read my book, Create Your Own Light, I talk about that story and what happened to me in my fire career at the firehouse that day. And this was that feeling all over again. And what it was is because over the 13 days that I was gone, and then now you put a week on top of that, I didn't take care of myself, not for one fucking minute. And unfortunately, everybody around me paid for that. Um, And I'm glad I can sit here and talk about it with a cooler head and not damn near crying. So I started my morning just like every other morning. I get my coffee. I go outside. Um, I was actually in my in my outdoor shower. I like to stand there and drink coffee with the water hitting me. It's not know this sounds really stupid, but I feel like I'm in a rainforest. And I try really hard to put myself in a productive environment, in, in, a, in a peaceful place. And while I'm sitting there, I mean, the damn sun's not even up yet. My youngest comes out screaming at the top of her lungs. Now, I already told you, screaming kids fuck me up. When she comes around screaming, I immediately come out of the, the, the shower, wrap my towel, and grab my coffee, and I walk over to her. Because I don't know what's wrong. And I walk over to her abruptly, and I'm like, what's wrong? She starts screaming at the dog. And she, she said she fell down. I realized she's okay. Nothing's broken. She's, look, if you can breathe, you're alive. Hey, we're doing good. So that's, that's how I, that's how I parent. If you're breathing, you're screaming. I know you're fine. Um, you might be a little fucked up, but you're going to be okay. I don't, I talk, I do jokes about this stuff on stage. Like I'm not a helicopter parent when my kids fall down. I don't run over and scoop them up. I let them figure it out. And there's other funny punchlines in there that I'm not going to give away. You probably need to come to an event for that. Um, so I said the situation, I tell her, I was like, you got to stop screaming. I was like, cause I can't communicate with you like that. And you're freaking yourself out. And I was like, and I come off kind of abrasive, I guess, but that's, that's how I was raised. So she starts telling me the dog pulled the blanket. Now, mind you, this is the blanket that she just walked outside with. And I told her three minutes before that, Take that blanket back inside and put it up. I do not like telling my kids twice. I tell you once, that's it. And I expect that. I expect you to be told one time. And I tell them I expect your teachers to tell you one time and any other adult that you're around. If they ask you something, it's once. And if they got to ask you twice, you're fucking wrong. And there's, there's, there's no excuse for that. So anyway, I walk around the corner and I see this dog. It's a very expensive blanket chewing and rolling in the mud because it was raining and the mud underneath the trampoline because the grass don't grow there and I hit I, I just I fucking lose it and it was just that that's how small of an event this set me off and it was my fault I overreacted to it but the bomb inside of me the fuse was lit for you know almost almost 20 days of not taking care of myself doing what I needed for me getting the time that I needed for me and the fuse was lit, and that that's what did it. Well, hang on. That lit it, and the gasoline was about to get poured on it. 
I grabbed the blanket. I tried to calm myself down. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Just take it inside. It don't mean nothing. I said that. It don't mean nothing. I walked I walked Poppy inside. And uh, I was going to take him to the babysitter down the street so I could go work out. And I told her, put on her shoes. Well, I come back. I finish my coffee. I'm putting my shoes on. I put my knee strap on. I'm getting ready to go. I don't know. Ten minutes went by. And I walk out. And she don't have her fucking shoes on. And I asked her, where are your shoes? And when she came up with an excuse, boom, that was it. The bomb exploded inside of me. So I had to get abrasive and I had to get loud. And when I get loud, when I have to do that, it does something inside of me, man. And I don't, I feel like it's, it's a weakness to have to yell at somebody. Um, it's not something I'm proud of. I lost control of that. I own that. And I realize there's room for, for growth inside of that as myself, as a father, as a leader, as a, uh, as a human being. But I also know this. People will get away with whatever you let them get away with. You can only ask politely. And I've learned this with my kids. They'll take that politeness and use it against you. And they'll use it as a weakness. And they'll exploit you with it. And only when I get abrasive. I shouldn't say only. But many times when I get abrasive, that's when they'll do what I ask them to do. And that's the problem. And so when I do that, it just it, it put me into an emotional state that I haven't been into. And I immediately came into my office. I sat down and I called their mom at school and I started crying and I couldn't control it. And honestly, so it's been a long time since I've had emotions like that. I mean, like these were uncontrollable emotions that I was experiencing. And I'm talking crying from a standpoint of sobbing. I mean, fucking sobbing and I could not control it. I was shaking. I shut the door because I didn't want my kids to hear it. I had my head down on my desk and I just, everything came out of me. Um, minutes later, my wife shows up, comes in. She's never seen me like this. And I, I was, I was telling her, I was like, look, I, this, this is a result of me not taking care of me. And I'm sorry. I was apologizing. And I was like, I, I just don't know what to do anymore. And I said, uh, I felt weak. I felt embarrassed. I felt like uh, less of a less of a man. And I, I remember having all these feelings very suddenly. And I couldn't control it. And so she grabbed the girls. She she went and took them to the thing. And I, 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 I packed up my stuff. And I, I went to my farm. And man, immediately, the second I get out there, away from the world of chaos for me, I was fine. It was like, it was like I took a pack off of my back after doing a, a 26 mile McCrest hump in the Marine Corps. That's when you load up all your shit and you go for a little walk for 26 miles and it's no fucking fun. Um, and I knew right away. I mean, I knew that that's what it was. I was just in a place where I'm unhealthy. I speak about this often. I, I'm in a place I don't want to be. I'm, a, I'm, I'm here against my fucking will, but I'm trying to be, great for my family. Okay. And in doing so, I'm not being great for myself because I'm not taking the appropriate amount of care that I need for myself. But where do you find that balance? Where is that selfish balance? Like, Hey, I need to go here and take care of myself. But when I'm, when I'm there taking care of me, I feel guilty that I'm not with my family and I feel guilty for lost time with them. 
And that's why I don't do that. So I know I need to, I know I need to escape and get away sometimes, but I will not do it. And I will put myself through hell and back just to be able to be here for my kids and my family. And then the second they come home screaming and fighting and shit. And, and, and I have those same reoccurring feelings. So I know what makes me better. It's like if a doctor prescribed me isolation, right? If the doctor said, look, three days a week, you need to go away and isolate for an hour to two hours. And you need to go to your farm. And he wrote a prescription. He says, if you don't do this, you're going to fucking die. And I may have said this on the last episode. You would take that medicine and go do it. But why don't we do it? It's that delicate balance. So I called my father and I talked to him about it. And, uh, you know, it's a shame telling my dad and that I had these emotions because if you know me and you know my relationship with my father. I grew up very hard and my dad's a hard man, but now he's in his 70s. He's an understanding man. Like, but it's, I never wanted to show any kind of sign of weakness with that dude. And this is exactly why here, here's maybe, this may be the message 30 fucking one minutes into this episode. This is exactly why. It was hard for me to reach out for help when I needed help. And it took me having a gun in my mouth wanting to die to realize I needed help. And this is why men and women like me who put on this big strong front that we're just the strongest people in the world and we can handle anything. This is why we end up hurting ourselves later in life because we realize we're not as strong as we thought we were. When this thing gets on you, it's on you. It ain't nothing you can fucking do. And the worst thing you can do is do what I did. Bury it, suppress it, and just keep pushing it down and pushing it down. You can only fill a fucking trash can so high. Ever notice that? And you go, you put your trash in, and then your fucking kids come in there, and they just keep packing it in, packing it in, packing it in. Where's that trash going to go? You can only fill your filing cabinet. I talk about your mental filing cabinet with traumas so much before it comes spilling out all over the place. And then everything's just out. And that's what happened to me. I didn't take the advice that I give to everybody else. I did not do exactly what I teach in my courses. I'm not immune to this stuff. I'm very exposed, if not more so than a lot of people. Because I also carry a lot of weight from other people. You know what? People will open up to me all the time, unexpectedly, especially after events. They'll come up and they'll just drop some heavy shit on me I'm not ready for. And I'm like, God damn, what am I supposed to do with that, right? You know, like, <clears throat> maybe that's the message. And no matter what you're going through, stop, pause, reflect, and think, if I don't take some time for me, this is not going to be good for anybody. And how do you find the time? I don't know. I, there's an old billboard when I used to see and when I was in the Marine Corps. It was, a, it was a Gold's Gym billboard. And it said, make time, not excuses. And I use that. I've used that saying for many years in my life. I don't go around saying it. Make time, not excuses, motherfucker. Like, I guess I am now. But it's true. You got to make the time. There's 24 hours in a day. You can't find 10 minutes to take care of yourself. Apparently, Apparently, that's damn near impossible because I didn't do that. And it costs me. And it's important that you have somebody in your life that can help you out and that can recognize these things. I cannot tell you 
how horrible I felt for my wife watching me cry like that. I mean, I felt like I'd just done something wrong because that's not who I am. Travis Howes does not have feelings. Yeah, I've cried when I've done interviews and I think about my buddies and stuff like that. And when I have to relive those situations, I cry a little bit sometimes. But not like this. You know what I realized in that moment? I realized I'm a human fucking being. And I've known that for a long time. But I didn't know it was even there anymore. I really didn't. And I'm using that as a learning lesson. I'm I'm using that to say, hey man. You don't start offloading some of this shit. Even you will be affected. Even you are not strong enough to carry all of this. After all you do and after you all you've been through, you thought you had it figured out. You don't. You, you're figuring it out, but you don't have it figured out. And that leads me to what happened this morning at the school. By not taking care of myself in the appropriate ways. You see what I'm getting at? We're, we're, we're compounding issues. And you're just stacking them on top of each other. And we're pushing that trash down into that trash can. And had I have taken care of myself the appropriate way, that, that gentleman, I should say, not I'm not going to call him a motherfucker anymore. That gentleman in that, in that vehicle, that probably would not have been an issue with me. And the feelings that I had, had I been taking care of myself. Look, I'm not a normal human being. I'm not. Something has happened to me over the years that, and something has happened to you over the years, something has happened to us over the years that has rewired us. I don't feel bad for that. But what I feel bad for is not being able to do the maintenance that I know needs to be done and neglecting that maintenance. Y'all want to hear some funny shit? I was telling y'all some, <laughs> I was telling some, uh, some stories on the last episode about, um, my tour and one thing one thing i forgot to tell and i was actually going to go back but you know me i don't edit i don't go back and i don't add shit in and all this if i miss it i miss it i'll try to drop it on another episode so i'm gonna drop it here i remember we were in when we were in south bend indiana we were at this place called a loft and it's it's a very nice condominium slash um hotel and we're on the top floor and we had a view at a stadium, Notre Dame Stadium. And it was, the sun was setting one night. And a lot of people were making comments because I was, I was posting pictures of me and my buddy Randy in the same hotel room. Like two grown men sharing a hotel room with two queen-size beds. And I took a picture of him in his breathing mask and I shared it on my stories. And people were like, some people had some concerns over that. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck y'all. I remember standing there with Randy one night. And we're both standing there watching the uh watching the sunset we got the big ass windows in this place and we got the curtains pulled wide open and we were both just standing there staring at the sunset it was amazing the sky was pink and it was orange and it was just all these beautiful colors and i look over at randy and then i look down at myself and i realized something i realized neither one of us had on a shirt neither one of us had on pants And both of us were standing there in black boxer briefs. And I looked him dead in the eye and I said, ain't nothing gay about this, bro. And he started laughing. I started laughing. It was just, it was a, it was a sight to see. I mean, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. (laughs) It was so fucking funny. And I wish we'd had a video of that, 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 that moment 
that everybody was already thinking about. And I could have posted that. And I'm like, anyway, you had to have been there. Cause it sucks when nobody's in here laughing with me. So after all of this, I hope that you can find something in in this this episode that resonates with you. Are you, let me ask you a question. Are you doing everything in your life? You know, we all want to be a better person. We all want to live better lives, right? But are you taking care of you? And the question is, what are you doing to ensure that you are the best person for not only yourself, for your family and for those around you? Don't be the guy that's, or the girl with your fucking heart rate always elevated, walking around seeming like everybody's out to get you because nobody's out to get you. You know who's out to get you? You. And that's exactly who's going to get you if you don't take care of yourself. Only we can be responsible for the way that we react to every situation around us. Nobody makes us do that unless you're literally backed in a corner. And last time I looked, I wasn't backed in a corner this morning. I wasn't backed in a corner the other day. It was my responsibility to take care of me and mine alone. And you got to ask yourself, are you making excuses if you're not doing that? Because if you are, stop it. Because what you're going to do is you're going to end up creating a victim in yourself. So stop with the excuses. Do what's right. Take care of your fucking self and be a better person for everybody around you. And only you know what that's going to take. Even if it's five minutes. Be selfish. you got to be selfish with that time. And if you're with somebody that doesn't support that, you got to ask yourself, am I with the right person? Now, I'm no goddamn relationship expert. I promise you that. But I do know this. I got tremendous support. Tremendous. And I'm so, so fucking thankful for that. And I, I, get, I get emails and uh, messages on Instagram sometime. And it, and it saddens me because I get some messages where I can tell people need help and the person that they're with is not as supportive and they look at them as being uh, a fucking monster. And that's not the case. This isn't being a monster. This is called over the years, something has ha- has changed inside of us and our wires have been re re rewired and putting everything on top of that. I don't know how some of you hold it together, but my hat's off to you. So, Sit down with a spouse, sit down with loved ones, and and try to figure it out and have the hard conversations. I just had it, and it ain't easy. I heard some of the some of the stuff that I was saying, and it was it was essentially a cry for help. And I didn't know that was still inside of me, but apparently it is. Um, I just don't want to see. You know, if you think about it, think about how many things happen in a day where people go crazy and they lose their mind and think about what could have happened had they had just started their day off peacefully or the week peacefully or the two weeks prior to that peacefully or the month prior to that peacefully. Normally, it's stuff that's just getting, their trash cans just getting stuffed full and stuffed full and stuffed full. In the course that I teach in, in my, my class, Post Traumatic Purpose, there's a, there's, a, there's a part in there where I talk about tipping point. And what, what are you going to do when you get that tipping point? When you recognize that, how are you going to bounce back from that? And that's an extremely hard thing to do. Once we reach that tipping point, I'm not going to sit here and teach a course to you, 
But once you get to that tipping point, it's very, very hard to turn that around. The trick is don't get there. And the only way to do that is to offload all your all your shit, right? We're all human beings. And did I say human being or I, beings? So we're all, I'm fucked up. We're all human beings, right? And we're allowed to have bad days. We're allowed to have bad moments. That's okay. But if they're consecutive and they're consistent, there's a problem, right? And it's going to lead to a bigger problem. Normally, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty good. I'm even keel, and and I I don't like sounding like a monster when I record it because I'm hearing what I'm saying, and I don't know how it's going to come out because I'm just going to put I'm going to publish this shit. This is this thing's going to hit the airwaves. I'm not deleting this one. It's not like I'm some guy walking around looking for any fucking problem with society. That it, I'm not that at all. I actually I'm I'm hoping there there's peace. I'm always hoping for a more peaceful outcome. I just know me and I know how my body works and I know if I don't have that peace early in the morning that generally if I leave the house, if I go somewhere, something's going to happen that I can't really control and it's going to make my blood pressure rise. And I know once my blood pressure rises, then I start hating this place even more and I just start finding everything wrong with where I live and I don't want to be here. See, that shit doesn't happen at the farm. Honestly, look, if you saw me on my farm, you would think that I'm high on weed all the time and I'm not because I don't, I don't do any of that. But if you walked out there, you'd be like, who is this peaceful Pete looking motherfucker here? Cause that's, that's what I call myself. You know what? I'm not pistol Pete at my farm. I'm, I'm peaceful Pete. That's it. And that's how it is. It looks like I'm floating on fucking clouds out there. I mean, it just, it is an amazing, amazing thing for me. And I crave that. So when I can't have that in the mornings here, I, I think that's what's harder for me in my world is because I know I have that and I have access to it. And sometimes I just can't get to it because I have obligations. So, um, anyhow, don't beat yourself up. If you have a bad day, that's fine, but don't let a bad day control you. All right, let's, let's get it out. Let's not be too much of a man, too much of a woman, too egotistical to talk to somebody. All right, find somebody in your corner, talk to them. You'll be glad you did. And then you'll walk out and you'll be floating on on clouds and, and shit. You might be peaceful, Pete, by the end of the day, too. Hey, look, this that's it for episode 32. Like, I really, really hope y'all found the message in this because I know I was rambling. I cannot, I, you know, I always thank you guys. I really do. I, you know, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but y'all, y'all do mean everything to me for supporting the message and, and you know, what we're trying to do here. I do have something very, very big coming up and I don't know if it will be, have been announced by the time this hits the, uh, the airwaves because this airs in two weeks, but it is massive. Uh, this thing that that's about to happen. And, uh, I don't, I don't, I just know it's happening. I just don't, I don't know how, but I know it's happening and I cannot wait to tell everybody about it. It's, it's, this isn't big for me. It's big for first responders. I'm just happy to be a part of it. Um, Thank you all for supporting my book. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Go get the book at Create Your Own Light. It's on Amazon. Please tell people about this podcast because it's it's definitely reaching people. Um, like I say, we're grassroots. And um, you spreading, spreading the word about it really helps out tremendously. So thank you all so much. Can't wait to uh, sit down for episode 33. If you have any recommendations, um, send them to me.
send me uh, send me your thoughts and your ideas, and we'll see if we can bounce something off of some topics. All right, I love y'all. Take care.